heard of a doula? It's someone who supports parents through the entire process of childbirth and even the postpartum period. It doesn't matter whether the birth takes place in a hospital, birthing center, or even at home. A doula can provide whatever support parents need. In fact, a local organization is partnering up with a local hospital to create more access to these types of services. Callie Hubbard spoke with a mother who went through the program to explain how this all works. Hey, Callie. Hey Liz, Mary Hands Network or Mary Hands Network is a nonprofit in our part of the world. They're teaming up with Baton Rouge General with the hopes of improving maternal and newborn health outcomes. We sat down with Tilda Yep, that's a recent news article that was out of CBS from the state of Louisiana explaining how the doula services are set to expand in 2024. Not only are their maternal health outcomes not ideal, but they're not ideal for the remainder of the country either. This is why there's been a new focus on expanding doula services in 2024. Now, as point of reference, we're taping this at the end of 2023. It is December the 28th. So I've decided to call this the year of the doula because doulas still have a lot of misperceptions. There's a lot of myths around what they can and cannot do. And we're going to discuss that in this episode. Doulas really are gaining a lot of traction here, and they should as a ways to improve both maternal and neonatal health outcomes. So let's get into the upcoming year of the doula now. Just trying to keep everyone up to date on evidence-based practice because medicine moves really fast. This is Clinical Pearls. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think I need to turn down the flames here just for a minute because I know, I know, I absolutely know that somebody listened to that intro and said, oh, I can't believe the year of the doula. I mean, what the hell is that about? (laughs) Hello, what about midwives? What about physicians? What about the nurses? No, 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 not to distract or detract from what all of those groups do because it's absolutely vital. But that kind of thought, that kind of defensive uh, response, innate response, I should say, uh, is what kind of has gotten us into trouble. So first, let's say a big reality here. Maternal mortality rates and neonatal mortality rates in the U.S. are awful. Uh, can, can we all agree with that? I mean, th- despite all of our advances, and as we enter 2024, my goodness, we have AI in our back pocket. Uh, how is it that in this wonderful, industrialized, high-resource country, our maternal mortality and neonatal mortality rates are what they are? It is horrifying, and we've covered this many times in past episodes. So something has to be done. So we cannot keep doing the same thing and say, well, and keep pointing to the problem going, oh, that's terrible, and and we don't change. We've got to change. And one of the ways to try to impact that uh, is by using these these ancillary non-medical but trained professionals called doulas to to try to take some of this weight uh, off of, of, of all pregnant women in labor, all right? 
Now, here's what I'm to be very clear. Here's what I'm trying to say. Is having doula support prenatal or in the antepartum period, intrapartum and postpartum, is that evidence-based? The short answer is absolutely. And we're going to talk about that. I mean, very well established in the data. ACOG recognizes doula support as a way to decrease maternal morbidity and mortality. So does SMFM. So does the CDC. It's legit. And that's not just in the U.S. It's everywhere. Okay, All over the world, there are guidelines that show that in appropriately trained doula care, this thing can help. Now, Having said that, and I said I needed to lower the flames here for what, <laughs> for because the water is boiling in the pot here. Let me lower those flames. Let me simmer it down because there's still work to be done and everybody has a job here. So let me be very clear here. Physicians, midwives, uh, PAs, MPs, anybody in obstetrical healthcare, we have to be open to this concept that labor is a team sport. Uh, We all know that interprofessional practice, interprofessional collaboration, interprofessional communication wins the game. The first time that it is nurses against the doctors and doctors against the midwives and midwives, the patients lose and we contribute to burnout. So we've got to stop that. We all have to realize that let's just agree that we're not always going to agree with concepts, but let's all agree that we're all on the patient's side. Okay, and so that's where this this whole thing of proper communication and look, man, it happens to me too. I've got to be honest. I've gotten really snippy with some nurses sometimes because I'm upset, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, or I'm I'm really anxious about a patient. It comes out that way, and the reverse has happened where I absolutely know that kid needs a section. I'm not comfortable with this drip, and I get nurse pushback with you know the typical thing as well. I think you're calling that too early. Well, thank you for your opinion. We're still going to do a section. And so you see how it becomes this 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 hole in communication that once we fall off into that hole, it's hard to dig out of, all right? So everybody's got a job here. Let's realize that even though we may not always agree with care styles, let's all agree that we're on the team of the patient, okay? Or we should be. Now, having said that, are there times where conflicts arise because a non-clinical, non-medical support person uh, gets in the way? Absolutely. And we, I had that recently. And, and so and, and I'm going to read you these guidelines here because the, the whole purpose of this is to show that doula support is growing. And that's a check mark. That's a yes. Doula support is better for the patient. That's a check mark. Doula support has improved maternal and neonatal outcomes. That's a check mark. Uh, but here's the catch, guys. Everybody has to stay in their lane and play correctly. Okay? So, and that's the catch. This is where strife and frustration come in. Uh, and and I got to call it out. I got to be fair for, for both sides, right? Physicians have get out of bounds. Nurses get out of bounds. Uh, midwives get out of bounds. And doulas get out of bounds. Because there is no room for a doula to contradict medical advice from a provider. I'll be very clear. That is national guideline. Okay, They should not be confrontational about any recommendation uh, or advice given from a trained professional. Okay, I'm going to read you that statement here from the international guidance and the scope of practice of a doula. 
And it's very fair. And I've brought this to Adula's attention. I'm like, man, I'm so glad you're here. I believe that your field of discipline, your field of, of practice is valuable, uh, but you're out of bounds. And I've, I've got to call it, I've got to blow the whistle because you do not make medical judgments for this patient. Your job is to have physical, emotional, psychosocial, uh, and non-biased patient support not in medical decision-making. So I want to be very clear because I don't want it to seem like I'm uh, uh, on the side of, of totally kissing Dula's ass. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm not trying to cuss or, or curse or anything. It's just I'm so passionate about this because, uh, I, and I've heard people say, oh, she's got a doula in the room. Oh, wait, wait. Why do you have to say it that way? Why is that already you're confrontational? Why is that an issue? And why does that perception have to be that that's somehow that person's going to be obstructive in labor? And that's wrong. I think at the beginning, it's all about that open expectation, open communication. And we're just so a confrontation avoiding that that we don't come up and, and meet it right in, in, in face to face. So whenever I have a patient that comes into labor and delivery, they've got a doula at bedside, I make it very clear at our first introduction to the patient. Hello, I'm glad you're here. We're going to take care of you for the doula. Thank you for being here. You provide a valuable service. And I'll be very clear at the start, but this is where you have to get out of your comfort zone, guys. So here's a little non-clinical uh, uh, clinical pearl because this is just on how to relate to people uh, and it's worked for me. It's in a non-confrontational way. At the beginning, I, I make that decision that, guys, I for right here, we're all on the same team. We're on team mom-baby. However, I am the quarterback. And the quarterback is not more valuable than the receiver or the linebacker or the field goal kicker. I'm just the quarterback. And my job is to call the plays. And so while we can have discussion about that, my job as quarterback is to be immovable to win this game, and I'm going to call the plays. And so we, everybody will have a role, everybody has a voice, but I'm still calling the plays. And and that that awareness right at the front helps diffuse a lot of things, okay? Now, it's all in how it's said. There's always an art to communication, right? We used to teach a lot of communication uh, courses for or for public speaking, uh, back 10 years ago. And I love that. It was so much fun. But even body language and posture. And remember that, what, 80% of, of what you say isn't in your words. It's how you say it. It's in the delivery. It's in the approach. That is so important because we say more with our nonverbal communication than with our true verbal communication in the majority of times. Okay? So I'll be very clear. Do I support doula services? Absolutely, because the college does, SMFM does, and the evidence does. And at the same time, do I believe that doulas should be in their scope of practice? Absolutely, that goes without saying. So this episode, we're going to cover the benefits and the stance of ACOG on doula care. We're going to talk about where we're going with doula care. And we're also going to talk about the frustrations at the same time uh, with doula care from obstetrical healthcare providers. Now, I find it super interesting that I found a couple of, of research publications that have asked providers. One is out of New York uh, and, and another one was out of uh, Rhode Island about uh, obstetrical healthcare providers' perceptions uh, and or real interactions with doulas. And while there's definitely positive 
uh, comments and experiences, they are almost equally matched by some negative ones, mainly having to do with, uh, I believe the doula was talking the patient out of my recommendation uh, for some kind of intervention. And, and if you notice that, that is out of the line of practice. So where do the most of the issues come in is when we don't stay with our scope of practice and, and we, we kind of run into each other's lane. Okay, so I'll be very clear while doulas are trained, while doulas have a fantastic role and it's evidence based, they are not to uh, become confrontational, argumentative or challenge any medical decision. They can advocate for the patient in terms of asking questions, but those questions should also be respectful and appropriate. And we're going to get into all of this because and it's not my interpretation or stance on this. This comes out of the International Childbirth Education Association. If you've never heard of that, it is the ICEA, and they have their own uh, manuscript of of what the scope and role of birth doulas uh, should be. What what is their scope of practice? I'm going to read it to you. It's very, very clear. And of course, we'll post this in our reference page. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I really am not surprised at what's happening coming into 2024 because it's a simple Google search of states that are expanding doula services. And by expanding, meaning some sort of, of coverage for that. Some states have urged private insurers to cover doula services, and some have allowed their state public assistance, their state Medicaid funds, uh, to do that, to cover that. Now, to be very clear, I don't want to give any pretense here. Texas right now is is not one of them, even though almost 50 percent of of the deliveries in Texas are through a Medicaid. Uh, but but things are changing. There's been a lot of, of proposals. There's been um, uh, House bills that have been submitted in our state legislature. And, and it's it's coming. I mean, we're making some progress here. I've got to be honest uh, in terms of doula coverage, but we're not there yet. However, there is a list of states that keeps expanding on who is not just recognizing doula service, but is actually covering doula services from a financial standpoint. There's a website that is under the NASHP. That's the National Academy for State Health Policy that has an updated list of which states have Medicaid coverages or at least some kind of Medicaid approach to do list service and benefits. And again, I'll post this on our reference list. But again, that is the NASHP. Just look up state Medicaid approaches to doula services. The last update was on August the 21st, 2023. As of this website, which was August 21st, 2023's last update, it goes through 11 states that have some kind of Medicaid coverage uh, for doula care. That's pretty good. Now, I I know what you're thinking. 11? Uh, Dude, there's like 50 states uh, and D.C. Wait a minute. It, It used to be six, and then it was nine, and now we're at 11. Okay, And remember, this is still in 2023 with some states looking to expand in 2024. So 
come on, guys. We, we got to have some progress. But right now it's California. It is Maryland. It is Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, Oklahoma, and Oregon. Oh, sorry. I also forgot Rhode Island, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Those are the ones that are listed right now uh, as having some kind of Medicaid coverage for for pregnancy and for prenatal care. Now, some of these states have different requirements and different approaches. Like Nevada says that a doula may practice and bill independently or as part of a doula organization. Uh, others require a, a physician referral. Uh, I mean, well, I, I don't know why that is. I, it's just to me, that's another obstacle, but whatever. The point is we're getting better. So it used to be six and then went to nine. Now it's at 12. And again, this is out of the state Medicaid approaches to doula services and benefits from the NASHP. Their last update was August the 21st, 2023. And coming in 2024, states like New York have increased access uh, beyond what they're offering now. Uh, another state uh, is Pennsylvania, who's looking to expand. So we're moving in the right direction. Oh, oh, and one more thing that's not listed under a state but it that actually does have coverage for doula is TRICARE. And that's fantastic. I mean, our military uh, members should have good access to care and, and it should be covered. So the health program for the U.S. DOD, which provides health benefits for military service members, their retirees and their dependents, does cover services for, quote, non-medical labor doulas, end quote. Um, as well. So that's huge news, right? So yes, in addition to the states that we listed, TRICARE right now does list that doula services are actually covered. The reason that this has expanded and is set to expand some more is because it's got professional society endorsement of the March of Dimes, SMFM, and ACOG all recognize the value of doulas. Doulas Although it was originally stated in ACOG's 2014 Obstetrical Care Consensus Number 1, remember that was safe prevention of the primary C-section, that's now been taken down as the new labor update uh, has is coming out in January, and we already covered that in a previous episode. But it's also in the approaches to minimize interventions in labor and delivery, also from the college, and that was released in February of 2019. That was Committee Opinion 766, where ACOG states, quote, Evidence suggests that in addition to regular nursing care, continuous one-to-one emotional support provided by support personnel like a doula is associated with improved outcomes for women in labor, end quote. This is also echoed in the March of Dimes 2019 position statement that still holds true today on the value of doulas and birth outcomes, where they state, quote, the March of Dimes recognizes the importance of increased training, support and capacity development for doulas, including doulas from racially, ethnically and socioeconomically and culturally diverse communities, end quote. And it's pretty impressive that systematic reviews have looked at this, including the Cochrane Review and uh, individual organizations have looked at this, professional societies, and they all see a common trend here, okay, which is when, when done correctly, okay, and people play nice and everybody knows their scopes and their limitations, 
that that there is real value here. Let me read you some of the the known values, some of the things that have been popped out from these systematic reviews uh, of the benefits of having a dedicated labor support person at the bedside. And it's not just intrapartum, okay? That's the big deal. But it only works if that relationship has built antenatally in the prenatal interval because it's not just the the actual labor support, while it's which is super important, but it's broader than that on either end. It's important in the end of partum interval because it's been shown to increase visit compliance uh, and uh, test uh, completion. And in the postpartum interval, it's actually been linked to uh, better breastfeeding rates uh, and even to less postpartum depression. Now, before I go into these numbers here from the data, it's very easy to go, well, wait a minute. I mean, where's the partner in, in this? I mean, shouldn't the spouse, a significant other, whatever you want to call that, that the person involved, um, what's their role? Now, to be very clear, doulas do not replace the partner, the spouse, the primary caregiver, the family. That is not their role. But it, they do have, it's another voice that is specifically there. It's an ear specifically just to listen to the patient to understand in a non-judgmental, non-clinical, non-biased way. Okay. And it's been looked at where uh, a laboring patient has been uh, evaluated uh, on her satisfaction with a partner present uh, and then with a partner and a doula. And there's a value there even above just having the partner present. All right. So there is benefit in addition to a family member because doulas do not erase their role. And again, that's part of knowing the doula's limitation. And she has to stay in her lane. Never is the job of the doula to replace a family member or a partner, okay? But again, it is evidence-based that when it's been looked at for patient satisfaction, uh, it's much higher uh, in the overall experience when a doula has been part of that team and family approach. I'm about to give you some specific numbers here on the positive influence of doulas on the labor process. But before I do that, I want to give you this reference that came out. It's a nice review. Maybe it's good for your journal club. Uh, that was on May 2023 um, out of uh, Curious, right? C-U-R-E-U-S. I, I like this online journal. It's very nice. Uh, good authors publish on this. And it's open access, right? The title is The Effects of Doulas on Maternal and Birth Outcomes, A Scoping Review. And again, relatively recent, this was May 2023. According to published data, the best outcomes are when the birthing mother has support from someone who is not a staff member from the institution and not a member of their social network. Is that crazy or what? Now, there's plenty of reasons for this that have been uh, both patient-provided and then theorized by medical experts as to why that's the case. Why is there better satisfaction when there's this objective third-party person involved? And the answer is because they're an objective third-party person. <laughs> I mean, their people don't have, they're not getting judged. Uh, they don't have to put on airs. Uh, and, and it's that person's literally, it's their job to simply be the support person for the patient. All right. And, and that's key. So yes, it's even been looked at. First of all, any kind of support, I want to be very clear, is a plus. But the best kind of support seems to be that and a doula on top of that. So I'm all for having a, a partner at bedside. That's where they should be unless they're military and, and you know, somewhere else or there's some other issue going on or, or obviously they just physically can't get there. Um, 
but 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 that and a doula on top of that seems to have the best outcome. So here's what the data seems to show. All right, there seems to be a decrease in the risk of C-sections, and based on who you read, it's anywhere from twenty percent up to thirty percent. There's a increase in the rate of spontaneous vaginal birth. There's a decrease in the use of pain medication. Now I, I'm all for you know going natural if the patient likes it. I don't like it when somebody's telling the patient not to get pain meds. So remember the job of the doula is to support the patient in whatever decision she wants. So if the patient says, I want an epidural as I'm walking into the labor room, hey, knock yourself out. The doula should not discourage or encourage that should be there for emotional support and and to understand the patient. Remember, non-clinical support person. Okay, but in general, there is a decrease in pain relief, and that could be because anxiety level is down, uh, the trust aspect is there, it decreases uh, fear, and it's, it just shows the power of connection. Can we just stop for a moment there? How valid is that? Even when the doula has been found to be non-medically uh, directing, which is how they're supposed to be, uh, in other words, they're not being coaxed, they're not coaxing the patient to either avoid or get medication, uh, the patients require less pain meds when there's a doula there. Is, is that amazing or what? You know what that points to? The value of being listened to, the value of validation, uh, and the value of just having support. Amazing, truly validates the principle that we're all interconnected and we really just want to be heard. Amazing. Uh, patients with doulas also tend to have shorter labors. How about that? And oddly enough, because there's probably because there's less intervention and less uh, pain medication, babies tend to have less uh, lower five-minute APGAR scores. So this is valid. I mean, there's a whole website on evidence-based birth that takes a look at doulas where it has a lot of the data uh, summarized there, similar to what we're doing here. All to say there are real maternal and neonatal advantages to doula support when everybody, I have to say it, plays well, okay? Now, let me leave that there and then let me get into the frustrations of what happens when they do not play well. I'm going to show you two publications that are in print uh, that highlight this, and then we're going to end by by summarizing the scopes and the limitations of practice of a doula according to national and international guidelines. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, this is interesting. This came out of New York City. This is actually the transcript of a doctoral uh, thesis, right? So this is the candidate's uh, doctor of education thesis and narrative that was put together uh, for the degree plan of Columbia University, right? This is 2021 and is available online. The author of this and this doctoral candidate uh, was Anna Merrill, all right? M-E-R-R-I-L-L. And a fantastic piece of work. I mean, all 161 pages of it, right? And yes, I actually read this thing, all right? So this is why we do this episode, guys, so that you don't have to sit there and read 161 pages. Uh, all to say that this is a very nice summary review 
of the views of OBGYNs. Now, so that, that's just to be very clear. It's not midwives. It's not PAs. It's, it's obstetricians uh, and their perspective and views uh, on doulas just in New York City. Right. So I, this is not for everywhere. This is just at this one institution, what OBGYNs uh, felt in terms of their regards for doulas, all right? And of those that were questioned, again, this is in Manhattan, right? This is in New York City. They had a response rate of 57%. That's an absolute N of 125, okay? They asked 220, 125 came back. That's 57%. So still, it's over half. It's okay, but we're still missing some some numbers there. Uh, all to say, the, the, there was some positive comments and of course some negative comments because I'm not trying to whitewash this like it's all rainbows and lollipops and doulas are going to completely single-handedly mind you turn around the maternal mortality rate no 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 this is the whole purpose of this episode is that this is a team sport and we need more members of the team who know what they're doing and know what their role. So the kicker is not the quarterback. The quarterback is not the linebacker. Uh, thank goodness for that. Uh, and vice versa. The idea is we all have a role here and we all have to be open to each other's vital contribution if we play the game. Okay, we've got to play the game correctly. So positive themes that emerged from this from this survey were, of course, that uh, the support of doula uh, allowed a, a, a patient uh, stress relief mechanism, pain relief uh, avenue. That's great. Uh, and, and that it, it gave the patient more encouragement to go through the labor process. That's obvious. That's that's a no brainer. But here it is. The negative themes, quote, included the comparatively high cost of a doula, which we'll address in a minute, because remember, we're making changes to that. Thankfully, things are changing. Some people are having uh, ways to cover that, even with state Medicaid's, but not in Texas yet, but that is changing. But they go on to say, quote, as well as unprofessional doula behavior, most notably interfering with medical recommendations and acting outside of their scope of practice, end quote. So there's good news and bad news to this, and it's very real world. I'll post this link again. This is a descriptive study of the views of obstetricians and doulas in New York City. Uh, And it is a a very well done uh, review of this survey for this uh, doctoral candidate's work. And it's fair. It's fair. I know that your rebuttal is that's New York. I mean, you know, New Yorkers, what are you going to do? You know, it's hard to please. (laughs) Hey, I've got great friends in New York, great friends in Montefiore, all over the LIJ system. Been there so many times, not only obviously to visit, uh, but but to do uh, co-research. When back in my research days, man, I spent a lot of time in Montefiore. Um, uh, Albert Einstein's School of Medicine, just great people out there. Um, but no, it's not just, don't, let's not pick on New York. It's not them. I mean, this has been published in other institutions. There's another publication out of Rhode Island uh, that also had a uh, contribution from uh, from California. And this publication title is Hospital-Based Maternity Care Practitioners Perception of Doulas. All right. So notice hospital based maternity care providers, not just OBGYNs. So it tends to be a little bit more broad. This was published in the journal Birth in 2019. Okay. So this is a couple of years before that dissertation piece. Uh, and, and, and same deal, exact same issue here. Everybody recognizes doulas have a fantastic job, they have a great role. However, quote, among maternity care practitioners, some frustration anger, and resentment persist with respect to work with doulas. 
adequate staff training in the doula model of care, explicit role definition, and increasing practitioner exposure to doulas may promote effective integration of doulas in the hospital maternity care systems, end quote. And the answer is yes. Did y'all get that? That's, that's a great summary conclusion uh, of what they found here. So very similar to the New York piece. Hey, there's definitely a benefit here. But we all got to realize we're on the same team, guys. We're on team mom and baby. And nowhere, and again, like I said earlier, guys, this happened to me where, I mean, literally, the doula said, I, I don't think she needs a section. Um, oh, hell no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could just feel feel the heat rising from my chest to my neck. It was like a hot flash. I mean, my goodness, I literally started sweating because I was like, oh, I, I mean, I was dumbfounded. I, 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 what? Uh, I mean, clearly the patient needed a section, but that's where that's where emotion gets controlled, right? We're professionals. Same if you're a midwife, you're a professional PA. You got to hold it in and go. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, may, may we please? We're, we're going to address here uh, these, this concern because it's the right thing to do. Um, but may also once we do that, may I please speak with you and our, our patient's nurse all uh, outside so we can have a just a kind of a team huddle. Can we can we do that? And very rarely do they say no. And at that time, we had that, you know, clarity moment, which is, I'm sorry, you are way out of bounds here. Uh, and, and we're not going to take it. We're just not going to stand for that. This patient clearly needs a cesarean. And it's, again, being respectful. Um, it's all in how the message is delivered. But it's okay to call out, you know, put out, put out that, that foul card and go, you know, hey, you know, blow the whistle. Uh, out of bounds. This makes the case for the ICEA guidelines uh, and their position paper that you can find online. This originally came out in October 2015, even though, of course, it's been uh, edited and, and, and done other times as well. But the ICEA position paper on the role and scope of birth doula practice uh, is very good. Uh, now, remember, this is a guideline. Uh, and people can modify this based on their specific uh, location and institution. But it is very clear here under the limitations of doula practice. So I don't want to make this impression that this is my words. This is exactly, I'm going to read it verbatim uh, from this uh, scope of practice document because it's very clear. Ready? Quote, doulas do not contradict health care providers. The woman and her family have chosen a provider they presumably trust. Entering into an adversarial relationship with that provider undermines the woman's confidence in her provider and in her ability to make her own choices. An adversarial relationship may also affect not only her credibility in the community, but that of her doula colleagues, end quote. And that's that's pretty deep right there, right? So it's very clear. A doula does not give medical advice or perform any medical tasks. And while the doula is knowledgeable about the labor process, they are not trained obstetrical providers. They are trained obstetrical support providers. And that's very different. So as we wrap this up, I want to be very clear. I am 100% in support of evidence-based trained doulas who know scopes and limitations of practice. I'm absolutely confident in the evidence behind them, and that's why states are expanding this in 2024, hence why we call this the year of the doula, all right? But remember, doulas by themselves cannot 
turn this boat around. They're another rower who are rowing correctly to change this destination from the terrible maternal and neonatal health outcomes that we currently have into a better destination shore. All right. So to be very clear, I think doulas need to expand. And as a part Latino, I would love to have Hispanic doulas, African-American doulas, uh, doulas of different colors, because historically, let's be real. Let's be honest. Who has been the doulas? There have been Caucasian and high uh, income families who cannot afford them. That's the way it is. And that's okay. It's got to start somewhere. But we've got to have this expanded set where the doulas look like the patients themselves and reflect the population. Okay, that's why even Medicaid is now looking to cover this because it's a great way to fill that gap and fix those SDHs, which we've talked about many times in the past. those social determinants of health, because it really is a way to decrease maternal stress, to decrease maternal anxiety, decrease postpartum depression, and increase the overall pregnancy and delivery experience. Guys, I think this is the way to go. I know we've got battles still to win here, including doula acceptance, uh, roles and responsibilities, uh, and this move from that is my patient to it is our patient through that model because interprofessional team uh, care and collaborative care wins. All right. So as we wrap this up, I think 2024 is going to have some nice changes. Uh, I, I'm still waiting for Texas to to try to cover this. We're, we're having some issues. I'm very vocal in this. And we write letters to our uh, local congressmen as well. But thankfully, as a country, it is recognizing the value when done correctly that doulas bring to the table. I have to give a quick recognition before we end this to Ashley. She's one of the doulas in our community. What what a combination uh, this provider is. She's a trained labor and delivery nurse who now does doula services uh, and, and can use that nursing background, again, not to do nursing care as a doula, but to educate the patient. Hey, here's what's going on. That's called epitocin. That's your IV stuff. And you're like, oh, that's, but that's what the patient's nurse does. Absolutely. But sometimes nurses are busy and, and they come and they hang the thing and they say, hey, this is for GBS coverage. Uh, your physician, I'm sure, covered you. Uh, okay, let me know if you need something. And then goes because there's other things to do. This is where the doula steps in and says, oh, yeah, GBS. Remember that test that was done? Uh, and provide that information. Remember, it's not just support, which is the huge part of it, but it's also patient advocacy and education. So just a quick word, a quick shout out to Ashley, one of our uh, community doulas, fantastic job, who just happens to also have labor and delivery nurse background. Obviously not a requirement to be a doula, but when you combine those two and you can fit into that doula role, I just think it's remarkable. So Ashley, little shout out to you. Thank you for what you do. Keep up the great work. All right, podcast family, that brings us to a wrap. My goodness, there's a lot of moving things here going on. 2023 has some progress. 2024 is set to have more progress and expansion of doula services, including things that I'd never think I would have seen, which is Medicaid coverage, but but it is real. Uh, and then we've got more states that need to follow suit. Again, obstetrics is the team sport, guys. Uh, we all need to have this interprofessional, intercollaborative care to get the patient to the finish line. So I hope you found this interesting. Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know what your uh, hospital uh, or your practice does regarding doula services. As always, we're thankful for you. We're glad you're part of our podcast community and we'll see you on another episode of Clinical Pearls.